Revolutionaries, what's good? Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Scotch Porter, founded by my dude, Calvin Qualis. Scotch Porter is the fastest growing hair and beard care company in the country. About a year ago, my friends started telling me that my skin looked amazing and that my beard looked soft and luxurious. I told them, this is Scotch Porter at its best. To celebrate our partnership, Scotch Porter is offering 25% off of any order, $40 or more, with the code WYR25. With over 26,000 five-star reviews, you can see their clean, non-toxic products really work. In fact, their new hydrating body wash features shea butter, marula oil, and botanicals, and is perfect for all skin types and tones. This offer is exclusive only at scotchporter.com. Now go grab your grooming essentials and make sure you use the code WYR25 to save 25% off of your order, $40 or more. This offer ends March 31st, 2023 and cannot be combined. Now let's get ready for the show. What's good, revolutionaries? Even if you don't know what your revolution is, start out with two, three, four questions that you ask somebody you trust that's going to be honest. And when you do that, they're going to help you shape that. They're going to say, hey, you, you, I know you want to take over the world, but you might first want to do X. You might first want to do Y, you, you know, those type things. So because when I received it, I almost say I didn't know how to receive it because most people, they don't engage like that. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. So for men and the people who love them, we'll discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution with yourself, with themselves. I've been saying this too much. <laughs> I've been saying it too much, revolutionaries. What's good with you, revolutionaries? I hope all is well. What's good? What's Look, good? What's good? Uh, last month, we tried this out, man. Me and my good friend, Dr. Bass, said we're going to do a, a special series of conversations, just free flowing. You know, two revolutionaries sitting behind the sitting behind the screen and actually just chopping it up. And you know what you did, revolutionaries? You were like, yo, we like this. We love this. Like the feedback has been so amazing about the conversation that we had, bruh. And so I'ma just like bring my man back to the back to the fold. Like as we say, bring him back to the fold. My good friend, all right, world renowned, right? Board certified cardiologist, right? You know, that brother, <laughs> that brother, <laughs> who is also the podcast host, podcast host of what show? The About That Life podcast, the podcast about life where living intentionally forever. You there like you go, that, right? My dude, my dude, <laughs> the, incompar- <laughs> the incomparable Dr. Travis. Bats. What's good, my dude? How you doing? I've been waiting for this. I just, I just like seeing your face and talking to you. Uh, man, it's 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 cathartic, right? Like we 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 spend this much time, and I gotta apologize. I, I told you uh, off air. I was on the grind for the past. After our last conversation, people heard it. They were they were hype about it. They got me going. I started doing other stuff, and I was grinding. I know the grind will grind you to dust, uh, but I, I got to take. I know, I know, but I'm gonna take a step back. I'm gonna take a step back. Um, I got a staycation coming up. Okay, and, all and right. I'm, just going, I'm, I'm doing nothing, even though my wife and kids do not believe me. I am going to do nothing. That's my goal. 
Okay. All right. I, I, I've been hearing that. I, I've, I've been hearing that. You know, I've listened to I've listened to the last episode so many times about, you know, and just to just to recap, we talked about freedom. We talked about right. what does that look like for us? And mm-hmm. it's been a really interesting thing because today, you know, at the recording of the show, it's it's March the 1st. And, you know, I told myself I was going to ramp my life back up and, you know, really you know, get to the point where like I've, I've been free and I love this freedom. Right. Like we just talked about 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'm going to be playing pickleball if I want to get right. up. Um, but I also know I got to make you know, look. I also know this. I want freedom down the road. So this has just been an interesting. It's been a really interesting journey over the last eight months to kind of be able to really dictate my time. Right. Um, but freedom also comes with me now being able to say, what am I actually going to allow myself to get into? Where is my time, treasure, and talent going to go mm-hmm. that will allow me a long-term freedom in the in the future, but still allow me a level of freedom that I'm not going to, like you, as we talk about, I'm not going to grind myself into to dust. I still want to get up and play pickleball, right? I still want to have time with my friends. I still want to take care of my mother, but I want to do things that I'm passionate about, things that I love, things that I give myself to, and that you know, working hard means I'm working hard for people. Right. And not that I'm not working hard for an organization that has expectations for, you know, I want to do impactful work. So, you know, today is the day. It's been interesting. And I had a good conversation with a friend of mine, Seth Levine, uh, who's the managing partner at Foundry yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've had a lot of people who have like come back from a sabbatical and they went too hard too fast. And then they were like, well, I need wow. to go back on sabbatical. That's one thing that I'm not going to do. You know, so just to recap that freedom. So I, I love, I can't wait, basically, I say all that, but I can't wait to see what this staycation looks like, um, <laughs> you know, for you. And, and, and can you actually do nothing or does do nothing mean that you're not going to do things that, you know, require you to be Dr. Bats? But just allow you, as we say, just allow you to do things to allow you to be Travis, right? Go to the barbershop. I mean, things well, like Okay. That. Did you just. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wonderful thing about a free wow. conversation. Like, I, you know, we just like two boys just talking about revolution. Okay. And I get okay. to crown you. You can okay. come back I, at me. I'm going to let you have that one. I'm going <laughs> to let you have that one because it's a great segue. So, so to do nothing. Um, I like how, how you, you phrase it, right? Because oftentimes we get into this space where we say, I'm not going to do anything. But then we realize there's a part of us that has to do something, yeah. right? And and it's, you know, last month, as we know, was um, African-American History Month. It was Heart Health Month. So for me, I'm wearing double hats, literally. And one day I gave uh, a lecture on um, the dangers of heart disease in women and how there's this healthcare disparity that exists. Uh, turn around, literally 45 minutes later, I was teaching a Zumba class to work on fitness. Turn around, uh, two hours later, I was at the 35th annual Mahogany Brain Challenge, which uh, is run by the Alpha Tau Omega chapter of AKA. And basically it's a quiz bowl for our youth to battle. I'm talking head to head on every African American history fact that you could think of. Um, from who created the super soaker to who created a three position wow. stoplight. And the thing was, was that it was across town. So I'm driving one place, heading one place. So it was, it was a day where I was, and I'm using air quotes for those of y'all that don't see the video, relaxed, but it was relaxed in a space where I'm giving back, right? Yeah, and so yeah. even though I'm giving, 
it's a reciprocal, right? To see to see those kids just answering those questions, especially in this context of, you know, kind of this critical race theory mm-hmm. where it's that balance between public policy and personal responsibility. And, you know, now that schools and communities and, and uh, structure is not being built to teach history and we don't have to go down, this is more your space. But when yeah, I heard it, I'm yeah. like, well, well, why are we relying on a structure, a public policy that we know has routinely failed us to teach things that we think, you know, moves us in that right direction? Why can't we do it? And I looked at that program and said, that that's the steps we need to take to start galvanizing our community to do certain things. And I think, you know, again, this show is, is a motivator. I've been looking forward to our conversation and I didn't know what we were going to talk about. Once you told me, you know, my hairline looked like it was chased, chased away. I mean, then I had a little, little beef, but, but either way, it's out of love. You saying, brother, go get your haircut. That's what you saying. And, and, and I like that. I like that we got that relationship. Yeah, brother. Look, 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 I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Scott Porter. Um, mm. Like, hopefully I, we can send you some Scott Porter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It ain't that bad. The fastest growing hair and beard care <laughs> company in the, in the country. I mean, brother, you know, uh, what did you say? I think I need to let it go. Uh, you know, I think you gotta let it go. I think you gotta let it go. But yeah, you know, shout out to uh, shout out to the queen, Elisa Worthington, for all that she does. VP of brand at Scott Porter and the work that they are doing. Thank you for being a wonderful supporter of this show. Um, and just, you know, the Calvin Qualis episode is up, really how to build a legacy and, and really thinking about that. So I implore my folks at at, Cal, um, at Scotch Porter, like, uh, if you give your address, I'll make sure they send you some things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> send, send, you some, send you some skin care, so you, you know, some wow. hair removal, you know. <laughs> You're just going in today. Okay, you, man, you go, you, you today you will fight. I'm happy to see, I'm happy to see my friend. I want to pull back for a second. Like, right, you know, this show that. is for us to have a good time and 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 you know just be two brothers talking a uh, free flowing conversation. But a couple of things come to mind. One, uh, and I'm I'm just gonna put myself out there. Like I, you know, Black history comes and goes for me, and I, you know, mm. um, because I think. I don't know if it's a numbness or that I celebrate black history all the time or that, you know, that I empower to the people every day, you know, um, you know, I'm asking this question, what's your revolution? I can look down the, the, the historical, the path of all the revolutionaries that have been, who have, you know, have come before us that have paved the way for me to sit in this building, to sit in this building, in this space that, you know, that have two white owners that are, you know, you know, who really like down for the cause, but still, they're white. I'm sitting in this building. You are a cardiologist. I'm a PhD. I went to a PWI, two PWIs. I got all these degrees, all these different things. And, you know, February 1st comes, February 28th comes. And I wonder, like, did I really do anything for Black History Month? But this show is this show. When I look back, right, this is this is my work for the for the culture. Right. When, right. I, when we put this up, this work right now is is the work that we do for the culture. So I don't know. I, I think the question that I'm asking you is like. Is there something wrong with me? I mean, do you know, because I, I think the work that I do every day, the work that we do every day is about uplifting our people, regardless of the month. Like this is for the people. This is for the culture. This show is for men and black men, people of color and the people who love us. So that's who, who listen to the show. So, I mean. Talk to me, Doc, because I, I, sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, hey, did I really do anything? But I do it every day. Right. So so that's the dilemma, right? Because you live black history. 
right? The people you have on your show that talk about, uh, again, the brother I'm thinking about, I won't say it. I want this to stay PG, you know, how to not give a, right? So, so, yeah. so, so that, that show really spoke to his frustration with a system, right? And it, and right. it spoke to that. But now, hearkening back to the most recent show, right? How to build a legacy or how to create that. What this show is, mm. it's your legacy. Yeah. It's going to outlive you. And when people want to know, okay, how do I, you know, develop entrepreneurship? You gave the blueprint, you know, with the show today. How do I bounce back from prostate cancer? We got that show. How do I, ch- you know, and so I think that mm. for me, it is a time of recognition but at the same time, it doesn't mean because I went hard in February, well, now I can lay back. I mean, you know, the, the, the struggle, I won't say continues, but the fight never ends, right? Never the, ends. the fight to empower, the fight to uh, facilitate conscious thought, education and those type thing. It never ends. And, you know, I had the pleasure of being part of uh, a diversity council at uh, where I work. Right. But I didn't want to be the face. I wanted to be the guy behind the camera filming and pulling that out from people. We had everybody from a Ph.D. in history that talked about the role of Booker T. Washington in English literature in changing the face of African-Americans mm-hmm. in the early 1900s. We had a corporate, you know, diversity expert. We had, uh, you know, a, a young lady who focused on empowering African-American history through finance. Right. And you mm-hmm. say, well, man, is that really fighting a struggle? But when you think education, right, uh, the corporate, you know, mobility ladder, finance, those are all things that impact us, but they do it every day, all day. Yeah, right. And to hear yeah. and to hear you say, you know, am I wrong for not going out and, and doing this march? Am I wrong? No, because you marching right now. Your feet yeah, ain't moving. Yeah, but at no. the same time, th- this legacy continues. And I think because people get so compartmentalized in, you know, what is reverence? What is service? Mm-hmm. And when you create that box to put it in, sometimes you can't fit. And so you're stuck with saying, well, I guess I'm not doing anything, but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I, I And I appreciate that because it, it it is a tension that I struggle with. Like, you know, and I... I I was listening to um um da, 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 da. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. I was listening to Morgan Freeman. He was interviewed on 60 Minutes. Um and he talked about how he did not believe in like History Month. And his quip was he was like, you know, why should I relegate my history to one month? Right. right. Why, particularly the shortest month? Does he's like, does my history stop at the end of February? <laughs> I was like, no. Uh, he goes into an, a, another part of the diatribe that I may or may not agree with, but that part was like, yeah. And the work that you and I do to think about this, that we are uplifting our people. Uh, you, a, as I say all the time, world-renowned cardiologist, you're uplifting our people as we think about heart disease being one of the top killers of our people, and particularly of people who look like you and me. And then I think about entrepreneurship and our ability to fund and invest and create companies and investments and funds that are actually deliberate. And I say that right. and intentional about creating wealth and opportunity for our people to thrive. I talk about that all the time. Livable wage communities, livable communities, livable wage jobs. You know, as we're thinking about this fighting for what is a, 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 a livable minimum wage, you know, as I, as I go off on a diet job, I, if we had not subsidized my father's care, mm-hmm. the workers were making seven or eight dollars an hour that we're doing. And to be honest with you, Dr. Bass, and I say this, right? I say this instead of Travis, 
Dr. Betts, they're doing a hundred thousand, in my opinion, a hundred thousand dollar a year jobs for seven or eight dollars an hour. Right. To take care of my father doing during his doing his Alzheimer's, I would have paid anything for the kind of care that we got. Right. And 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 literally having to subsidize because we we don't see people like that. We don't value the ability for people to actually care for folks. Right. And so that is important to me that we invest in our communities, that we invest in our people in ways, right? So I'm an advocate for higher wages. Mm-hmm. Right? Does it mean that does it mean that my tax base is a little bit more? Does it mean that I pay a little bit more when I go to out to eat? Well, if people can actually buy a home, because I remember now this the last thing I'll say, as a teacher in in 1998, making $30,000 or $35,000, I could go out and buy a home. I bought my first home for $85,000. That same home now is $250,000. Wow, right? that's crazy. That 30000 that bought that $85,000 house does not exist anymore, right? And so we have to understand this, but people still want to make profits. And I understand that. I want to make profits in what I do. But there's 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 got to be some balance. There's got to be some tension. There's got to be something to say, and particularly in our communities, that we can continue to invest and implore and build and collaborate and commune together that symbolizes not only black history, but black forethought and black future and Latinx future and Latinx for all the things. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on a couple of points, right? And 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 you talked about this before, so so I think that was a great commentary in the context. My father used to always say, "There's no reason you can't do well while you do good." Mm. And I think you've you found the ability, and I think that's the dilemma, right? Because I have a, a friend, a very close, he's, he's like a mentor to me, and we always have this discussion where he says, "Well." If you're doing good, why do you have to charge? Why do you have to do that? And and it bothered me because I give a lot of my my services very freely, right? I get a call, someone says, "Hey, we got our, our son is X, or this is or my mother's on this medication," and I don't mind. And and I love my wife to life. Uh, most times they call her, they call her, and she filters it for me, and 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 I get back to it, and we make it happen. But at the same time, you know. I, that's that's just me using my knowledge, but that, but if I am building, constructing, you know, you said the three C's last week, right? You know, uh, I, I love them. That's why right? people, that's, that's, I'm gonna cut you off for one second. That's why people like you on the show, right? Because you got these acronyms and these three things and these five things, the five A's, the three C's, all these different things. That's why this show is good. So you were talking about the three C's. What are you talking about? The three C's. You you laid them down. They were curriculum, right? But you're not giving the plan without any coaching. That's the next C. But finally. You allow them the ability to have capital, right? So curriculum, coaching, and capital. And those are the things that I think we we get so caught up in and say, well, I'm only doing X. I'm only doing Y. What this show does and what, uh, again, and I didn't hear the the, the Morgan Freeman comment, but I think his whole point is by creating an environment where you allow for that organic growth, where you allow then black history and that concept of it continues. It continues to, like you said, the livable wage discussion is one that is tough. And it, it means that even if those up top have to take a little less, which, you know, I am blessed. Like I say, my pastor always says, uh, Pastor Jerry William Daly, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. You know, yeah. it's this concept mm-hmm. of when uh, when my wife and I, uh, when we did eat the same way, it's this concept <laughs> in our head where if I shared some of my food with her or if she took some of my food, inevitably the food tastes better 
because in your brain, I'm telling you, in your brain, you have less. So the way that we're hardwired, it tells us that because I have less, man, this was the best. This was the best rich baby. This was good. And she, but it's one of those things. Exactly. Right. So when you give back, it's one of those things where you don't, you, you shouldn't miss it. But you're giving out of your excess to help someone yeah. else have upward mobility. And, and that's the beauty of what what we're doing and what I believe that we're doing. Because when I hear people who I know aren't podcasters, like I'm a podcaster, I like to listen. I like to hear, you know, the language and, and the banter and all that good stuff. But I know people like my, you know, my cousin back back home. You know, she she shot me a couple of uh, information. She definitely going to get on me about the hairline on this one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully this video don't, <laughs> doesn't go out. But the fact that we see, OK, OK, I don't like that look. I don't like that look. Big dog. I don't like that look. I can't do it. But one time. (laughs) But the fact that they're having conversations about what we talk about, the fact that they're saying, "Okay, what does it mean to do this? And then they'll listen to other things. They ask me about mocktails, you know, shout out Dreamhouse. Right. They they ask me about what is that? We've never heard, you know, and and what that's doing, that's creating these pockets of of culture or planting these seeds that I know over time are going to yield, you know, great fruit. All starting from a platform, all starting from, you know, individuals that say, well, maybe, you know, am I am I doing the right thing for February and African-American? Like you said, it is a living history. Yeah. I think that the month just says, all right, let's let's get those people that, that don't live it a time to to enter. It's almost yeah. like double Dutch. It's like historical, you know, uh, and I don't know, over there sometimes, Una, like, you just trying to jump in and you don't know where to jump in. Like I can't really jump in, in in January. Okay. I go to a March, February. Okay. Let me jump in. I can't really. So it's that time for folks mm-hmm. that ain't jumping in that double Dutch line to hop in in February. But now, now this is the hard part. Now this is the challenge to, to you. And, and I know you do it is beyond February. How do you keep those people that jumped in a double Dutch line hopping? How do you keep them going throughout the rest of the year, participating, engaging? That's the challenge. Yeah, no, that 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 is the challenge. And I'm just going to say sometimes, a lot of times it's frustrating. And just a little, little, little backstory today, like I was going through cleaning out some files, right? And I used to do the DI work, right, in education. And that is really kind of how I forayed into entrepreneurship. I started my own company. What's Your Revolution was a, a consulting firm that went, I went around the country working with school divisions, healthcare wow. organizations uh, around understanding like the beginnings of DEI and how those policies were impacting or, or, or disenfranchising folks, right? Particularly folks that look like you and me. But I got tired, Doc. I got tired of trying to convince certain folks, right? I got tired of trying to convince white folks that they needed to think they needed to do, they needed to, to jump into the double Dutch line, mm-hmm. not in, not in February, but every day. Like we need okay. to, we, right. We need to learn the culture. We need to be a part of everyone's culture. Right. I got tired of that. And so just to show, I, I started deleting a lot of the presentations that I was doing around equity. Cause I was like, I got tired of it, but I realized that the work that I am doing, the work that we are doing is still the equity work. But and I think that I, I am exhausted because people have co-opted like the term woke and inclusion, <laughs> right, and all the things, and they've weaponized those things, right. And, and so I'm like, I'm just tired of that. Like, I'm just going to go do the work. If you want to come along with me, fine, right? Because I know what I need to do, right? I know what I, I know for me, if I want to invest in, in in companies of color, I'm just not going to be like trying to get white folks to be like, hey, please come along with me. What I'm going to do is train people like you and me 
to figure out how do we make investments to increase our portfolio? Because that was Black right. Wall Street. Right. That's mm-hmm. the things that we have done. That's black history. If we're talking about it. Right. Our ability. Look, you can come along for the ride because I think that we have done that too much that we try to bring folks along for the ride. And they were like, well, I really ain't got to come. Right. I really I really don't have to come. I'm, I'm cool over here. Right. I'm cool. Great. But you know what I'm going to do? I am going to break down the barriers that have been created and I'm going to create opportunities for us to invest in us. And that's the thing. And, and that, right. so I got tired of that. But yes, I, I, you know, but I do have white friends that say, hey, I want to understand your experience as a black man. I want to invest in companies, the same companies that you are, you know, that you invest in. My good friend, as I said, Seth Levine, the foundry, right, is a white Jewish dude, but he gets it. Mm. He gets it. He understands it. And we have robust conversation. Right. We have robust conversation about what it looks like to invest in each other as friends. Think about think about that, right? We are friends, Man. right? Dr. Lajabedi yes. introduced us, but we are friends, right? And to, and to think about what friendship looks like, it is time and effort and patience and love, all of the different things that come together, not only one time, but over periods of time. Seth and I have spent copious amounts of time on the phone. Talk. We've only met each other one time, but we talk so much. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that he gets it. And then what happens is that he goes out in his world and say, yo, uh, nah, you're not killing it like you think you are. Or you need to revert. <laughs> you need to pivot and think about what it looks like to invest and spend time with folks that don't look like you because your life will be much grander, much more illuminated. You will learn so much. And I think the last point is if you can sit with folks that don't look like you, that don't talk like you, right, that don't eat like you, that don't commune religiously like you and learn you are a much greater person to the world and to yourself. Powerful that. So I'm going to let you listen to. So Charlotte DeLone. So she's a um, DEI, a kind of more in a corporate space. So she has this thing that she says where she talks about your circle, who's in your circle. And if everybody in your circle looks like you, then that homogeneity or that similarity across the group limits your ability to grow and expand. Right. right. And so she challenged me. She said, well, look at your circle. Who, who, who do you who do you rock with, Dr. Betts? And I'm thinking in my head and outside of the building I work in, when I step out, it, it, my circle is the same, but but it's different. It's unique in the sense where we all have different skill sets. So even though there's a certain comfortability level, let's say with appearance, we all have different skills. So when I when I want to talk to somebody about, I mean, heck, you know, I started a, a podcast because I had a a there you go a, a midwife that said you could do this. You're great. <laughs> when you said I was a rock star, I started acting like well, I started wearing glasses and scarves when it was when it was hot outside. <laughs> I just felt like a rock star, right? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I just yeah, read that I'm the rock star. That's that's me. But you're what that out, did is out that here looking like Lenny Lenny Kravitz, the cardiologist. Oh, there you go, right? I start, you know, I start that's wearing you the hairline. You're trying to get your dreads. Wow. Okay, you still on the hairline. I was I was at a serious moment in the conversation. And you talk about you know what? Let's let's we go move because we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about legacy and transition into barbershop. Since we talking about barb, we're gonna go there. We're gonna go there. We're going to go there because I think no, it's I important. Want so, I, want, I, want you, I want you to finish. You said you started a podcast because you had your midwife. I want you to finish. I want you to finish. I don't want to take away from it. 
All right. So it was one of those things where the podcast came is that I enjoyed it so much, right? Just the ability to talk, to have a discussion uh, that extended beyond the medical confines of what I do and more of who I am, right? Because a lot of people think that, oh, he's a doctor, so he has this. And my wife will tell you very quickly, he was a lot of things before, before he was Dr. Bat. Some of them I can't even deal with. But big low, that, big low. <laughs> Right, there you go, right? But what that did is that created a space where I'm comfortable talking to any and everybody. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. the ability that I can go somewhere and whether it's a, a seven, eight, nine-year-old kid to see me on the track or, you know, saw me doing something else, they feel comfortable just talking talking to me, you know, in that space. And I think that's what we create. And when we talk about how you do that differently, to me, you know, I, I do want people to see it, right? But at the same time, I'm not exclusive, right? Meaning, mm-hmm. I, you know, there was an individual that said, for anyone to see you that, that knows where you're from, it's encouraging because a lot of people have to see it before they can be it. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly. For those, for those kids that you touched when you were, um, you know, a high school teacher. And I hear you talk about coaching baseball and putting yourself in that's black history, right? Because they see somebody who could say, you know what, uh, you know, I'm a real estate owner. I, I am, I'm an investor. I'm going to do, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to move away and I'm going to do these things. But the fact that they could see you, you know, identify you, you know, cry with you, you know, get coached by you. All of those things, I think plant these seeds that allow us to really grow and cultivate black culture in a way that I think is different than, and not to say anything than to fight the power context, right? Because we're, we're fighting in a different way, you know? And it's one of those things that when we start to look at all the lives that, that we touch over time, I mean, it's multiplicity, right? It just continues to go and, and that's how I feel, right? So it's not, you know, marching and doing this. It is, it is creating an environment where we understand what our role is, what our job is, and at the end of the day, helping other people to have that realization themselves. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you, you are exactly right. And 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 coming to that last point, right, the, the realization of where we are and who we are, right, amongst this. And you know, we we keep talking about what our midwives can do for us, you know. And I think about that, and I know we wanted to talk about this. We said the, the last time we were going to spend a little bit of time on the five tenets, and we'll, we'll we you know we'll definitely get there. And I think that is like what you said when we have the ability to revolutionize like folks' lives, and that is why they, it, it's so important to have midwives in our lives, right? People who, and I think that the, the point that you're trying to make is that if we have people around us that don't look like us, that are different from us, that can that can pull something out of us that our core group may not, we're better, right? Yeah, we're 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 better. You know, I think about I, I look around me, right? I look around my my peer group, my million my millionaire peer group, right? Mm. And my millionaire peer group is very diverse. You know, there's a white Jewish guy. There's a, a couple of brothers. There are uh, um, actually two white Jewish guys, right? A <laughs> couple of brothers, couple, you know, a couple Latinx folks, right? Very, very diverse, right? And so what I what I what I realize is that there's probably a period of time, right, that I need to bring them together, at least sit down with them and say, you know what? How'd you get here? What am I mi- what am I missing? Right? What am I missing that allows me to go from one million to 
two million or two million to four million, right? Would allow allow me because I oftentimes I even say that out loud. I, I feel a little shame because I'm the one in the group that that probably has the least amount of money, you know. But that's my, that's on me. That's that's my stuff. I you know hear, I, I hear you, and I feel, but I think. Let me, let me figure out how to say this in the right, in, in a good way. Just Even though you have the least amount of money, you, you probably have, well, I'm sure you have an equal amount to offer. Mm-hmm. Not monetarily, right? Because remember, you just said it. You said it, right? You gave the Rosetta Stone to this thing. You said <laughs> the more diverse you are, the better you are to have an opportunity to expand, well, if their goal is to expand money, guess who their guide is on this road of how you interact with our community? Yeah. You're that example. You're that person that says, hey, that, that's really not a good look. Oh, this is how you. Oh, that's what that means. So you are that person because, you know, I, I give a discussion about the benefits of diversity in the corporate structure. Okay. And it's, a, it's another one of my acronyms. You ready? It's called diversity allows you to defend your turf. T-I-R-F. I I know that's not how you spell it. I hadn't copied it yet. RF. All right. You T- heard that, R- Revolutionaries. You heard right? it. I, 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 this is the third time Dr. Bass has been on the show right now. If you go back and chronicle, <laughs> right, you will you will, like, you will have to write down and have a, dic- a dictionary to be in play. Oh, I got this. I got the five A's. I got the, you got, the see, T-I-R-F. I, see you I got it, three C's. All right. Get, go ahead. Give All it right. to us. Ready? School so these yeah. are the benefits. Now, this, these, this aren't just excluded for corporate, but this is anywhere. So turf, right? T when you diversify, you enhance your talent pool. That's Mm. what they've done in that group by allowing, you know, different people in with different backgrounds, because now you have a different talent skill set and you can pull from each of those, right? I, when you diversify, you allow for the ability, you ready for this one for innovation, because mm-hmm. you're different, you think about things in a different way and it allows you to move in spaces that you otherwise would say, how can I do this? How? I mean, look at me, right? I've diversified by meeting you. And how do I get my message out across the country, across the world? Podcast, right? Yeah. So that was that we diversified. We had a diversity of thought. So T, talent, I, innovation. The next one, a little tougher, right? So R, R this, is the, this is the tough one. R helps with recruitment. And retainment. So mm-hmm. after you build that team, they want to keep you around, right? They want to hang out. And then you have the ability, because you're diverse, to allow more people in. And by allowing more people in, what do you do? You diversify. You enhance talent. You improve innovation. And you allow, again, that space for recruitment. Mm-hmm. Now, the last one in a corporate structure or even in a group structure is the one that most people target. But I always put it last because I think it's the least important. When you diversify... And you enhance talent, innovation, and recruitment. You're going to increase your financial ability. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're because you've line. got exactly the bottom line, and that's what from a corporation standpoint they say. Well, heck, makes sense. Let's go, let's go. But from an individual standpoint, we don't see it that way. We don't see it that that finance piece because we're so busy. You ready for this? Holding on to everything we can and not opening up our arms and letting that's people right. in. Yeah. Game time, yeah. right? TIR, defending your turf, right? And right. and I'll give an example of a group that has done that. Um, I'll I'll be visiting with them this weekend, the American College of Cardiology. I can tell you, um, as a it cardiologist, it's, it's not the campus. I just want you to. Know oh, it is. It is. It is. The, of course, it is the campus. I was, but I. <laughs> 
You're wrong. You you okay, this is this is gotta keep it light a little bit. <laughs> the American College of Cardiology started a program when they said we want to diversify. And you hear it. You hear it from a lot of corporations, big corporations. And when they said it, I thought the same thing. I said, all right, you know, I, I get it. And they said, no, no, no. We are starting a leadership academy and everyone is going to go through an emotional intelligence quotient to see how best or who best fits in this group. And I said, OK, it's a little different. And what they did is they would select a certain amount of people. They would determine what your EQ was and they would say, how do we create the most diverse group to get the most out of these future leaders? I was in the second leadership cohort. So far, they've had three or four. And out of those leadership cohorts, there's been everything from new organizations started in the college. Mm -hmm. There's been international. Now, instead of the, you know, American College of Cardiology, it's the American and the World Conference. Right. Because we have had individuals that said, hey, look, we need to branch out. And so just from that and I'll be given the the lead off. I'll be the lead off hitter uh, this Saturday when we when we talk. But I will talk about just that is about how if we take our blinders off and allow ourselves to just do something something different, you can change the face of an entire yeah, organization. Yeah. And and that's what I think your your millionaires club allows, right? They they they're glad you you add value to that group because you allow them the flexibility to say, "Hey, that Hey, this, there are some different ways to innovate. Hey, and then they give you that, you know, experiential knowledge of this is what it means once you get here and this is how you navigate that. So I think it is largely a reciprocal relationship when that occurs. So again, turf, man, you got to defend it. Man, like revolutionaries, you, you do know that Dr. Bats gives you a little masterclass. It's like a mini masterclass every time <laughs> he comes on the show. That's why, that's why, you know, he's here. Turf. All right. T.I. RF and 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 revolutionaries. Everybody should have a hype man like Dr. Travis Bet. <laughs> Dr. Travis Bet, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody should have. Everybody should have a hype man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yo, coming to the stage. <laughs> everybody. Everybody should have a hype man. Um, and who, who can chronicle your anthology of podcasts <laughs> word, word for word <laughs> like Dr. Travis Batts. Um, but you are right. And so that it, it's good to know that, you know, and each of us brings something to the table. And and I think, like you said, it is my the story that I tell myself. And we'll get into that, you know, in another episode that we have. But the stories that we tell ourselves, the, the, the shame that I may have that, you know, where does that come from? That comes from a scarcity mindset. Of, you know, and then think about there are days I have to remind myself, go look at the bank accounts. You're okay. Right. Right. Look, like go look, right. Go drive by the houses. Right. If you need some reaffirming that you're okay, that right. Like that you should be here with them. Like look at the bank accounts, go, go drive by the houses. Right. Go look at, you know, all, all the different things that are markers of this. Are you where you want to be? No, but you surround yourself with people. You, you don't surround yourself. With, you know, and this is a cliche, but everybody hears it. You don't surround yourself with people where you are. You surround yourself with people where you want to go. Exactly. Right? And you ask a lot of questions and you observe and then you begin to mimic the characteristics of the folks of, of the places where they are. So you can ascend to that. And so I think that's that's the. You know, that allows us to foray in. And we, we won't get to all five of them tonight. I don't I don't actually want to get to all five of the tenants tonight, but I think it's an, uh, an opportunity for us to dive into it because it's a wonderful segue with the first tenant. We talk about, you know, revolution is how to fulfill your revolution. Right. You, you figure it out. OK, my revolution is, you know, whatever it is. 
you know, my revolution is freedom mm-hmm. at, at this point in time, right? My revolution is to find, to build the pathways for me to be free. We talked about that in the last episode, but what does that mean now? How do I get there? Right. And so we're actually, we're actually building out a course now, Dr. Bats, you know, around answering how to answer the question. Wow. Yes, yes, this, there, it's coming. Revolutionaries is coming for you. We are building it out. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. This is coming. Right? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Um, how do one answer the question, Dr. Bats? But then two, how do you then go about fulfilling your revolution? And what we just said, if my revolution is freedom, right? Freedom to have the opportunity to go and do what I want to do, to volunteer my time, t- talent, and treasure, right? My ability to play pickleball at 5 a.m. in the morning. My ability to say, you know what? You know, we talked about that. If Dr. Bats and I want to go to the, the, the Cowboys 49ers game, there's a freedom to that, but then there's work to do, right? So if the overall revolution, so we're creating this course now around these five tenets. And the first tenet is you have to revolt and evolve. And evolve. Right. Into the person that you want to be. And so I, I want to spend a little time. I want, I want to spend a little time and we'll talk about this one. We'll talk about the next one about the choice points and right. My good conversation with Elijah Moses really illuminates that question, right? That opportunity for us to evolve and to revolt and evolve into who we want to be, because he was like, I can't be revolutionary. The core, the roots of this, of revolution is revolt and and evolve. And so what has that looked like for you? Right. If we think about this first tenet, because you, you've had a number of evolutions, but what does revolting and evolving look like for you at this stage of your life? That, that's a, um, gotcha. it's an easier question. It's an easier question than it was. And this isn't, you know me, I'm a hype man. It's an easier question before I started watching the show, before okay. I started listening to the show. Because what the show has shown me time and time again, the majority or at least many of the stories, some of them are these coming of age where I was here and then I was there. But even our most recent episode was about someone that had done well, went to college, you know, had this background in finance, but realized I I didn't feel like I was living my purpose. And it wasn't until he reconnected with the barbershop, right? The, yeah. the, the yeah. central part of, you know, at least male African-American, a central part of that, that he said, you know what, how do I, how do I get them something that I know they need? So doing good while at the same time doing well. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was that same thing. Now, at the end of the day, and my wife said, do not say this, so I'm not going to say it. Well, I'm going to sneak it. I would, I love cardiology so much that were it not for my ability to generate revenue for my wife and my family, I would do it for free. So I said it really quick, right? But I, I enjoy <laughs> what I do. And that's why it's easy for me to just, someone yeah. ask me on the street, hey, what do you think about this? Look at this. I mean, I, you know, free console, sure, right? I love it, right? But at the same time, it allows me into spaces. It gives me a certain amount of credibility that if I say, hey, Let's develop a program for elementary students called Jump Right In, where you bring me in and I tell them, you know, hey, you need to do STEM. You need to do cardiology. And cardiology is so cool. I have a handheld ultrasound machine that allow you to look at other people's heart. And then they get to see their PE teacher's heart. And then right. I see a picture of two kids, uh, one brown, one one black, and they're holding a, a stethoscope that they made listening to each other's heart because they saw me do it. They said, hey. That guy with a bad hairline could probably, you know, do this, you know. And, and so he he essentially 
changed his mindset because of what I did. And so that that's a certain level of freedom or yeah. it's seeing the Damar Hamlin situation occur mm. and saying, yeah. man, you know, how, how ready are our high schools? I have a son that plays high school football. So I said, why don't I create a program called ECA or everyone can assist where we teach emergency response, CPR oh, and wow. AED use to high school students. Well, we went in in the first week that we did it. We only did it for a day because I, I couldn't break away that much. We had 160 students. Right. So so that's what freedom is. So I'm still doing what I love in the space of cardiology. But just to see those people or see those kids change. Right. Last week, you know, like I said, you know, teaching Zumba and doing those things. It's not because, you know, I, I want to learn salsa, merengue and cumbia, but I want an easy. In- I do like those yeah. dances. Though. I want an easy entry point for anyone that says, oh, I can't exercise. Oh, I can't work out. Oh, mm. just come. And while they're there, why not talk about the role of hypertension in the progression yeah. of coronary disease? Why not? And so for me, that's what it is. It's, it's not, it, it is a, a shift from what people think a cardiologist should do and should be, right? A lot of people say, you're the nicest cardiologist I've ever met. <laughs> well, what type of, are they? Yes, they are pretty great, right? Baby. And people give them the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> they right? Met, they, they, you know, they give them, well, he's a cardiologist, so he can, but that's, <laughs> that, that's not, I don't, I don't have to do that. And I think that many people, uh, when they see it, I had an interview before and they say, you, I can just talk to you. Yeah. That's what you should be able to do. Yeah, but exactly. that's the thing is, is evolving from what I thought I should be, because don't get me wrong. Did I have my early days as a cardiologist where I was that guy that if one thing on my table was not correct, that this and that I acted a certain way. Sure. Right. And, and, and not to say that I'm dismissing that. But what I what I found was that that was not productive. It didn't create the environment. It didn't create the energy. It didn't create, I don't know, that nurturing, reciprocal, uh, collegial relationship where I worked. And once I shifted my mindset, it shifted the environment. And so yeah. that that was really my my re- revolution, right in that in that sense. That was where I said I don't have to be that way. I can be the type of cardiologist I want. I can go to Vegas and, and work and then get invited to do a cooking class with, you know, a chef because he sees I'm right, plant based right. and wants to show me some different skills, which was great. Right. But but that's what it does. It's opening myself up to new experiences because I'm not bound to the societal structure of what a cardiologist is or what mm. they do. Yeah. Brother, I, I appreciate that. Right. I appreciate that because yeah, and one, let me give a shout out to our boy. Right. Who just like you, was one of the top cardiologists in the country, um, one of the top cardiologists in, in the world. And so uh, just a shout out to Dr. Elijah Beatty and the great work that he does. You know, Elijah is one of those people who, you know, is going to get it right no matter what. And people, people are his first concern, you know. So his revolution every day is to ensure that you can walk out of his walk out of his clinic healthy, that your heart is going to be, that your heart is going to work properly and i say that properly mm-hmm. like that you can function as you can function as a human and so shout out to him but to be good at your job and that's what i see with you and um elijah is that it is a constant evolution it is a constant reevaluation right and i i think about once we figure out what our revolutions are it is a constant evaluation are we getting to those spaces right you know it, it to me is Every day, am I being the man that I want to be? And 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 I think there are these little moments, right? And, and we'll get to that. There are these little moments where we get to see, like, oh, okay, I, I'm moving towards my goal. 
I'm, I'm moving you, you, because the universe will test you. You say, okay, I, I want to be a better cardiologist. I want mm-hmm. to do good and I want to do well. And so the, the, the universe and, and, and whatever you believe in God, the universe will, will, will put little things in front of you to say, okay, let me, let me see if you're actually really working towards it. And that's the thing, right? You, you know, I'm, I'm working toward this, right? When you need to say a certain thing, when, when you have to quiver a little bit because the version of yourself is evolving and you're not ready to say it like the roar, but you know that you need to say it because someone mm-hmm. stepped across the boundary. And wait a minute, my goal was to make, my, my revolution was to make sure to have these strong boundaries, Dr. Bats. And then someone just crossed this boundary. I'm like, yeah, hey, when you just <clears> cross <throat> this boundary, I need to say something. Okay, at least it said it. Yo, you crossed this boundary. But at least that first time I was like, eh, you crossed that boundary. I just need to let you know, right? <laughs> I need to let you know. But I said it. My voice might have quivered a little bit. But the next time it comes up, right? Yo, uh-uh, I'm not even feeling you. You're not even going to come at me like that. But I had to say it like that the first time just to get it out of my mouth. Right. So I right. knew I knew that I was moving. I knew that I was evolving into, right, the person that I wanted to be. And so it is so interesting. But you have to you have to be able to answer the question, right? You got to know and then, and then state, right? What do I need to revolt from? And you said I was good, right? But I need to revolt from just doing good to doing good and doing well. Is that what I heard? That's what you heard. That's what you heard. Yeah. And these are the, these are the things that I have to do to do well. I'm volunteering at Zumba. I want to see this. I want to see Dr. Bats at Zumba <laughs> class, right? There you go. There you go. I want to see Dr. Bats You know I'm cold with it. You know what I'm saying? Might, hey, I might leak some out. I might leak hey, some. Hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? But that's where the people are. And the thing about it is right. that, that heart health and being healthy and thriving in life just doesn't happen in clinic. You could be that person. Oh, you could man. do well. You could be you could be a hell of a doctor in clinic, right? Man. But where the people are, right? To think about, oh, I just saw Dr. Beth doing Zumba. And then he gave a little lecture on, right, on plant-based eating and how it affects my heart. He did Zumba. He's a real person. He's not, you know, he's not stoic and stiff. He's he's a right. person, right? He goes to the barbershop. He, he well, he he needs to go to the barbershop. I mean, all sorts <laughs> of different things, right? You know what I'm saying? But he's a real person. Oh, God. And I like him. I, I like him. I'm going to send you know him to Scotch Porter. You know, I know he, he gave you a nice shout out. He said how luxurious his skin was. And then now my friend, <laughs> my brother, is is going in on me about the barbershop. So if y'all hear this, holla at your boy. I need it. Dr. Bass, we in the building. So let me, let me say this, though, because... And, 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 and since you brought up barbershop and since you brought up people being real and being able to connect, I'm going to add a little medical piece. Now, you know, there was a study that looked at adherence to antihypertensive medications in the barbershop. Did you? Yeah. It was mm-hmm. it was actually yeah. called the barbershop study. And what yeah. they found was exactly. that when you get groups of black men together and you say, hey, we're doing this, you need to get your numbers down, things improve. So it is this collective idea that we're going to move health and wellness in a certain direction. When we think about decisions that we make about change, right? Because I tell people the only difference between, you know, change and the other word that you need to do to make it happen is one letter. 
All you have to do is change that G to a C. But before you can change, you got to take a chance, right? That's that G to a C. You got to take a chance on what you don't know. And I think the fear of the unknown freezes people. It's this conundrum of complacency. Because I tell people, you know, my my football guys that, that I'm training, doing different things with, I say, hey, man, mediocrity is easy. If that's what you want, we can have an easy workout all day because it's easy for me to train you to stay right where you are in order to move into a different space. You exactly. You got to be willing to do something else. It's almost like Mm -hmm. the birthing process. It is. I've never gone through it, but in looking at it. Right. And and even as a mid, you know, we can talk in in existential terms. Right. As a midwife, there's some things that you got to tell me that hurt. Right. Hey, you knew you were coming on today. Go to the barbershop. Hey, you need (laughs) to get this done. You know, hey, it's those type things. And sometimes and then we we friends, we we good. But it's it's almost like you got to have that, you know, that that rough space before you can birth true growth, true productivity and truly birth into your revolution. I think that's the yeah, thing that catches man, people tell up. The story. You mm, just don't mm. walk into a revolution. Mm. You, 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 and you don't run into it. It, it is built with yep. turmoil. It is when yeah. I look back oh, at some of the shows, um, and and I love the first show because that first show encouraged me because I'm listening and I got caught up on well, my audio isn't great. Well, this isn't great. I listened to the first show, and I'm not saying your audio wasn't great. I'm just saying it's better now. That's that's the nice oh, yeah, way. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, right. But yeah. what it was, it was evolved. Yeah, it wasn't. I'm gonna stay in this audio and sound like that. It was. It was this movement to say I'm gonna constantly improve. I'm not. I'm not comfortable with just being okay. I want to excel, and I think that's what people yes. get caught up on mm-hmm. because they don't know how do I take it to the next level. You want to know how? Ask the people around you. That's there ask you go. the people I, around I, you mm-hmm. and ask your ask yourself: Am I truly making a difference? Sure, you can change. Sure, you'll get a little raise. Sure, you'll get this. But is that truly? Living in your purpose. I mentor yeah. a uh, high school student, a brilliant young lady out of Frisco, Texas. She found me online and said, I just, you know, I, I don't know what I need to do. Can you mentor me? I want to be a doctor. I said, sure. So this young lady, I, I'm, she and she tells me her story and she says, well, I'm going to do a discussion on the um, mitochondrial process of this. And I'm like, well, do you like that? Well, she's like, well, I, I thought you liked that. I'm like, No. Tell me about you. So she said, well, I'm from Pakistan. I'm a female wrestler. I don't get to go to my country much because they don't allow you know, women to do this. But we're going back to visit. And I really want to inspire young girls to do medicine. I'm like, that's a beautiful story. But yes, for her, yes. she had this idea of what she had to say. And I say, no, no, no. Your revolution is built in your story. Like I say, we could talk about your guest today. We could talk about your guest too. We could talk about Dream House, right? And how they, actually the best one I want to say is um, David McKnight. I love the fact that he tells a story about how he went to school for pictures and he thought he looked great. But then when he saw and heard the conversation of all the other students, it changed his life. And so now he's an expert on executive presence. He helps you to reframe, restructure, and, and have this zen toward how you should look. I know it seems small, but for me, that's a powerful revolution that started very early. And many of us miss out because we think what we're supposed to be and we miss out on who we truly are. Mm, man, you are preaching today, brother. Whew. I got you, you something, are you know, exactly my, right. 
airline being what it is. I got no, 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 no. so look, 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 look. before I get before I get into before I get into what you just said. Like revolutionaries, understand this. Like me and Doctor Bass go back and forth, brother. Look, it is all it is all love. Like this 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 is yes. This is we what happens when, when, when two brothers get together and there's mutual respect, right? The, as my father would call them, the dozens of Jonah are just a part of who we are as men. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? Don't get it twisted. Who we are yeah. as the ability. Because what happens, what happens, and it, it will bring me back to this, what happens when there's a mutual respect between men, uh, between humans, levity, right, becomes a part of, becomes a part of that. It becomes a part of like, I'm going to, I'm going to exhibit my brotherhood towards you by having a bit of humor more, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And that, that, that's what we are. So revolutionaries understand as you listen to us, there is love and joy and tremendous respect for this man that is in front of me. Um, But as you say, as I say this, 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 this evolution that has to happen for us begins by us asking one ourselves the question, and then like right answering the question and saying and then asking others one of the greatest things that i've done dr bats is that each year i send something out to my friends and asking mm-hmm. them how do i be a better friend am i showing up in the world for you and if i'm not tell me how i can't how how am i failing you and your friends in our friendship and then what 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 can i do better Right. And, and I think that's so it, it's 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 an air of vulnerability that you're right, because you're putting yourself out there because your friends can say you're a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That I mean, true. they can say that. Right. But that's an opportunity for revolution right there. That's an opportunity for you to revolt and evolve into something else. Right. To be a better friend. Right. One of the greatest things that, you know, in relationships, my relationship, because I have been, you know. I, I've been in relationships is asking the question, like when, when, you know, when the person that's in my life is, is going off about something in their life, the one simple question that I learned to ask is what do you need in this moment from me? That's a, it's a simple question, but that's an evolution into, right. If the revolution is to be a better partner to the woman in my life at that time, the simple question was, what do you need from me in this moment? And oftentimes as humans, Doc, we just need somebody to listen to us. Because I right. hate when people start diving in and want to give me. So I didn't ask for that. Right. I didn't, I didn't ask for this. What I really wanted in the moment is just give me the space to get it out and hear it out loud. Because I'm solving the problem. But if I ask you to help me, then jump in. And that has saved so many conversations. Right. I I think it's one of those things. And and I'm going to say two points here probably end up being more. When So to that point, it is a way that I approach my staff and even my, I started doing it with my patients. And I don't know if I told you this, but I started telling my patients because once they get to a certain level of health, well, they just come to hang out. But so that I know how to approach that encounter, I ask them, is this a listen 
or a fix. Because if it's a listen, let me sit back, relax. Let's have this conversation. Let's let, let me let you get whatever you want to get out. But that way I, I won't feel compelled to jump in and fix things right away. And we talked about relationally uh, how this works. It's the same thing with, with my wife, right? Because sometimes she'll come in and she'll just talk. And I'm thinking in my head, does she want me to fix this? Okay, because I, I got the plan already done. I'm ready to go. I mean, why, do, why are we still having this? Con- but now I've realized unless she says, could you X? If she leads in with a question mm-hmm. and not a statement, okay, it's fixed time. But for the most part, she got statements all day. And I'm just, I'm, oh, all really? Day. Wow. Okay. Did that happen? Mm. Oh, they should have mm-hmm. stopped it. And I'm going to give up too many of my three to four level answers because, you know, then they'll know. But, but it's not a repeat. I'm, I'm engaged, but I know she just wants to, she wants yes. to vent, right? Word. But Word. Wow. Word. Not, Word. you sure? <laughs> she did o- on Facebook? Yeah. You what? just, you just literally got to say the last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you're going to play it. Don't play that. <laughs> Stop, stop. You're telling the secrets. I know, I know. We're going to get us above ourselves. You're telling the secrets, man. Look, you but, know with the many inflections of word, you'll be like, word? Word? word. Yeah. Word? Mm-hmm. And then, then the little word. extras. extras. <laughs> That's all you got to do. That's it, right? Yep. And, and it just, it'll just ride itself out in, in terms of that. But speaking to, and you you talked about this where you sent that. So last year, um, in December, January, I, I think you put me in, and I was happy, your friend group. Like official, I felt official friend group because you dude. sent me the thing, and and I don't know if it was it was just so different to read someone that now I'm in their friend group, but then just being so vulnerable and telling me what their goals were. And I remember I called you. I'm like, "Are you okay?" You're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, well, "You wrote all these things." You're like, "Right." It's, and I said, so is this like me holding you accountable? And you're like, no, yes. it's just me letting you know what my goals are. And I think that is such a powerful tool. Even if you don't know what your revolution is, start out with two, three, four questions that you ask somebody you trust that's going to be yeah. honest. And when you do that, they're going to help you shape that. They're going to say, hey, you, you, I know you want to take over the world, but you might first want to do X. You might first want to do Y, you, you know, those type things. So because when I received it, I almost say I didn't know how to receive it because most people uh, they don't engage like that. But I think it is so objective that it is binary largely, right? It gives me the option to say, am I helping him on that path? Am I giving that that, that reciprocal nature of friendship back? And so then it challenged me to say, how do I help him to be this version of himself? And then how do I create myself in a way that fulfills that, that, space mm. that he needs me to be so that we can both achieve the goals simultaneously. So that, yeah. and I'm still unpacking that like months later, because that was so different for me. I'd never experienced anything like that in the space of seeing someone write out where they want to see themselves, what the goals are and going down a list, you're checking them off. And I feel yeah. like I'm a part of that revolution. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that's the other thing. And it speaks to another point that I say all the time. If you can do your revolution by yourself. It's too small. Too small. small. Too small. So I felt yeah. like I'm invested in the process now. <laughs> you are. So let's you go. Are. And 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 here we are. And that's and that that is why, you know, the goal, you you know, one of the goals is to be a top one percent podcast. I realized that I couldn't do it alone. 
and that there was a there was a talent there was a, as we say there was a talent out there that could help both of us this is not the the what's a revolution show now becomes a platform for the about that life pl- podcast right? right so now now the platform that i have created that has all of these listeners right oh wait a minute what is the the, the about that life po- podcast with dr Travis? he's a recurring guest on this show like now i want to go and divert my attention right to figure out what's going on with that to hear him because you know what i love to hear him and Doc taught, what, how does he interview the other guests? What's the topics? How can I be a part of his revolution? And that's what we do. And, and, and that, is, that is why this, even these, these additions that you and I have over the, the course of the next couple of months and how, how, how they, they serve as an opportunity for us to grow our goals together. And to think about that, when we oftentimes write down our goals at, at at certain points of the year, but they're singular goals. But that's not what our ancestors did. They wrote down community goals. They wanted to achieve the things for the tribe, for the kingdom, for the country, not for the individual. Right? The individual was a part of, you know, was a part of the group collective. That's our people. That's our that's our history. If we if we couch this in where we started this, that's our history of being with our people. And so think about this. The goals that Dr. Bats has now are encapsulated with the goals of Dr. Corpru. And then we get to impact so many more people. The revolutions become greater. Our ability to be free becomes faster. Because wow. we work in conjunction with each other, not uh, not not opposing each other. Think about that. Not opposing each other. Oh, Dr. Pat's started this podcast. Forget him. No. Oh, Dr. Bat's got this podcast. What can we do to continue to serve him to make sure that he can get to the numbers that we are? Right. How can we use this platform to help him uplift, particularly as we're getting started? Because. Nobody else was reaching out to me when I started the What's Your Revolution podcast, but there was Rachel Graham, there was Susan Henry, there was Jazz, there was WBOK, there were my first guests that came on, all those different folks that said, hey, we want to be a part of this revolution. And now, six years in, I got Dr. Bats on, you know, and we're good. Amazing. Bruh, we did not get to the second tenant, but, you know, we, look, <laughs> folks will be like, yo, okay, you've been here, you've been doing this for an hour, like, yo, all right, my time is up. <laughs> um but this is good, man. This is this is this is good. This is this is really really good, and you know I look forward to this. This this brings me joy. Every this month. is blackboard joy. This is two very eloquent, very smart, you know, very astute men talking about the things that are we're passionate about, that are important to us, that are impactful to us. That simulates the work that we do, and it and it, it is all encapsulated in two men that are friends, that right, right that have tremendous admiration for each other. And I want to say that out loud that my admiration for you stems from just knowing who you are as a person. Think about that. Friendships are built, right? And you know the good brothers of Omega ship. You know, friendship is essential to the soul. I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta say that. So um, good. But it's essential to the soul because we spend time in com- community together. And revolutionaries, I want you to understand that. I talk about that all the time. Like, who are your community? Who are your people? Right? That you can, that literally, that you can laugh with. Because Dr. Bats will tell you the power of laughter, 
right? Because he he about to quote Ciroc. You know what I'm saying? In a second, the comedian that came on. But the power of laughter is so durable, so durable in our in our lives that without laughter, we don't live as long. Think about that. We've been talking at various levels, but infusing laughter into this conversation. What does that do when you listen to this revolution? And hopefully that you'll laugh and you'll you you'll laugh. You you know, as I said, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll think all of the things right that come with the what's a revolution show. But you really get to see the vulnerability of two men just just admiration and laughter and joy and intellect and all the things that that make us great in the world. And there's greatness amongst all of us. So as you think about that, right, and, and I always give the, the the last commentary to my good friend, Dr. Bats. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, yeah. And, yeah. and first off, as always, thank you. I've been looking forward to this uh, since our last show, right, since our last show, because for me, uh, even though we're separated by distance, every show we have, it's like, I'll give a little piece of me, you give a little piece of you, and we just continue to build this wall of of excellence, of friendship, and of, of strength um, that allows me to give more, right? Because the things that I learned, even through our conversation, help my patients, help my friends, help my family. And you don't know how much, you know, Uncle Charles, that's what I'm saying. Like, Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Charles, you know, so so you you got some some play nieces and nephews that that are hearing yeah. your words and that are and that's and that's what it's about. It's about making words come to life through your actions. Yeah, right. There's a concept, and you talked about laughter, but, but, but your laughter we know uh, works in certain parts of the brain, and it triggers mm-hmm. a similar endorphin response that you get from, let's say, some synthetic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the thing about laughter is it doesn't extinguish, right? You can continue as long as you do that without any ill effects. Yeah. And our discussions have that same ability to increase certain synapses in our brain, to enhance how we make these connections, to think about the the odd acronyms that I have. But at the end of the day, if you take one thing away from this show, it is understanding the first step to your revolution is taking that first step. Yeah, it's taking revolting. It's tur- the fact that you're listening to the show right now is a revolution in and of itself. So there we go. I'm ready for for next month. I, hopefully, <laughs> we'll get to at least one other tenant. Right, the the, the master class yeah. is coming. The course is coming. And what I'll say is, uh, sign me up three times. I'm ready to go. There I'm ready go. to learn. There I'm ready go. to evolve and revolt. I got you. I appreciate you. We want to give a shout out to our folks at Scotch Porter. You know, for being wonderful sponsors of this show, my good friend Seiko Varnamalan, brother, who is the architect of the sound of this show, making sure uh, my associate Sarah, uh, who takes care of all of our guests and their needs and the ability to you know really make this show go. We have an addition to the show coming up. We'll announce that uh, a young brother that we are bringing on to the show to really uplift as, as we revolt and evolve moving towards our goal. I realized that I needed to hire another staff. So this brother is going to take us to the next level. I'm excited. And we'll announce, we'll announce that next month, uh, as well. But revolutionaries, Dr. Bass and I thank you for spending time with us, uh, on, on your journey of revolution and make sure that you are going to listen to the, about that life podcast which is now available where 
on all platforms. All platforms all. you can get it, and uh, it's a great show. It is a great. It is fun. You don't have a wonderful time. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for this work with Dr. Batch and please go out and support, like, subscribe, and make sure that you comment, give him five stars because look, this brother is the truth. And if you're trying to be about that life, that's where you need to go. So we'll talk to you soon. Revolutionaries, you know that we love you, that we love you and that we are here for you and that we both are hoping that you are answering, asking and answering what we, what we both think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution, everyone? We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Whew. A revolution. Coming to the stage, <laughs> everybody. Everybody should have a hype man, um, and who, who can chronicle your anthology of podcasts <laughs> word, word for word, like Dr. Travis Bass. Look, I know it seems small, seems, but for me, that's a powerful revolution that started very early, and many of us miss out because we think what we're supposed to be, and we miss out on who we truly are. I had a, a, there you go, a, a, a midwife that said, you could do this. You're great. When you said I was a rock star, I started acting like, I started wearing glasses and scarves when it was when it was hot outside. I just felt like a rock star, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I just, yeah, read that I'm the rock star. That's that's me. But what that did is oh, that. I looking like Lenny, Lenny Kravitz, the cardiologist. There you go, right? I start, you know, I start that's wearing. That's why you the hairline. You're trying to get your dreads. Wow. Okay. You still on the hairline. I was, I was at a serious moment in the conversation. You talk about, you know what? We're going to move because we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about legacy and transition into barbershops. Since we talking about barb, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. Because I think no, it's I important. You so, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to finish. You said you started a podcast <laughs> because you had your midwife. I want you to finish. I want you to finish. I don't want to take away from it. What's good, revolutionaries? Once again, we want to thank our sponsor for the show, Scotch Porter. Please remember that you can save 25% off of any order, $40 or more, through March 31st, 2023. Spring is coming, and it's time to revolutionize your hair and skin. You know that we love you, and we're here with you. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you. That was beautiful.